Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Liz, and this is my colleague, Shelley. And Shelley and I are here, uh, and we're going to begin a series on self-reflection and self-love. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about who we are and how we got here. And then as the series continues, uh, when we finish up uh, our piece today, I'll give you a little bit more information on some of the ideas that we have in terms of what we would like to do next. And we'd certainly be open to your feedback as well. So we'll get to that at the end of our session today. And so we're just going to spend some time uh, explaining to you a little bit about ourselves, how we came to coaching, and, uh, and what we hope to achieve. So Shelly, tell me a little bit about yourself and about your background and how you got well, here. Well, I think that I've been on this journey since I was a child. I think I've been heading this way forever. Um, I'm a very empathetic person. And I think the beginning of that empathy came from my mom who once told me, you must never judge another person until you walk a mile in their shoes. Being about six years old, I really tried hard to imagine being in someone else's shoes. And I, I think that was the beginning of learning understanding of other people. I became a very attentive and understanding teen in my 20s. I worked with scientists from all over the world and discovered it was so much more about who they were and you know, I worked with people that had experienced um, Auschwitz and, and, and they were amazing people wow. who had experienced tremendous things. And I also took up uh, working in respite care and it was never about the job as much as about the people. Um, however, on the way, you know, while I was doing this, I had some problems of my own that needed to be resolved and I, I didn't realize it until I arrived at the age of 29 um, through a series of uh, lacking self-confidence, self-esteem. I didn't, uh, I had some very negative self-beliefs and there I was married to the wrong man. My life was falling apart and uh, I was in total chaos. I had to get some help. And that began my journey. Um, I, I went to a wonderful woman who, who would have made an amazing life coach today. And she was so amazing as a counselor. Um, and she guided me to understand that, you know, it's, it's what you believe about yourself that guides the decisions you make, the things you do, the, the choices you make in your life. And, mm -hmm. and I really had so much to learn and I've been on that journey ever since. Um, and I, I went into education, I, I worked with families and special needs. And, and along the way, again, I always found out no matter who they were or what their level of ability was, it wasn't the ability that counted, it was, understanding what they believed about themselves and how to help them change that belief into um, understanding that they could be so much more. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in education, I was in gymnastics, I was coaching um, and throughout all this time, people were saying, you should be 
life coaching. You should take up counseling. You have a real ability to help people. And along the way, I have to say, it's what I love to do more than anything else. So here I am, I'm finally here as a transformational uh, mindset coach for women and um, I'm loving it. And, and also the exciting part of all that is as you help others, you achieve uh, awareness and, and then clarity for yourself. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a constant state of learning and experience that um, allows you to find more in yourself. And, and also the, that excitement of being able to see something beautiful in every single person you meet and work with. So that's kind of where I'm from. Now, Liz, it's your turn. Tell me about you. Wow. So, you know, it's funny. We have we have some things that we did very differently in life and some things that are very, very similar. Um, for me, um, I came to this, actually, I started in the world. My first employment was as an equestrian coach. So I was involved in that coaching field, just like Shelly. Um, and I spent a number of, of years realizing that it wasn't the technical transference that really made the difference in a good coach. It was the caring. It was that caring for your, your students and helping your students develop more than anything. Um, and over time, I became a mentor for a number of young, young women who are in this sport. And um, I just, I loved it and I loved working with them. Um, Post-education, however, I found myself uh, as a public service manager and eventually as a public policy executive. And so I then added, came back to this piece again as, as, a, as a manager of people. And I began to realize, and the more training I did in leadership, the more I realized that everything that I had already done in my early years were things that my people needed again. Um, and so I became a people's, a people's manager and a people's director. Um, and people stayed with me. Um, I, there were a number of my colleagues that had revolving doors, and my teams never did that. Um, for all those years, I became known as that people manager. But what it came down to was that I cared about my people. And yes, I cared about deadlines, but more importantly, I cared about them. And I went, I went to uh, senior management on a very regular basis to say, my people, you know, my people are dying, like not literally, but figuratively, they're sick. This is too much. You know, we need to do something to change this for them. Um, and that was sort of as I became known. So I ended up then finding my way into uh, out of management and into faculty in, uh, in executive leadership. And I worked for, the, um, for the, um, the Center for Creative Leadership in the United States as a, as a leadership change facilitator, as well as becoming a, a leadership specialist. And in that, I was always asked, well, could you coach? And I didn't have any certification at the time, but I was told it's just a conversation go ahead. And so over time, I started to see um, people come to these programs and then want to talk again after. And I would see them completely change their lives from coming to see us at the, be you know, the beginning of their journey. And then a year later, looking at what they had achieved. And for me, that was this amazing light bulb that went on that, wow, look at the impact this can have. 
and so I did my uh, my ICF coaching through the corporation and uh, and became the executive uh, coach. But in all of that, there was something missing. And what was missing was being able to focus not just on results and on the interpersonal relationships around results, but to really truly focus on those people and what they needed. Um, and so um, now um, sitting with life coach certification um, and as a life transition and resilience coach, I, I really do look forward to having more of those conversations as those really were the highlight of my career to date and I love working with clients. So that's a little bit uh, a little bit about me. So Shelly, tell me, uh, what is one trait that you've learned in life that has helped you to love yourself? I think that I still go back to that wonderful ability to um, have empathy for others. And through that, it allows me to connect with others and care about others. And that is something I, I do love that about myself. Um, that, and, and in doing so, it helps me to guide others to a, a, better, a better way of thinking about themselves and a better way of being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What about you, Liz? How did you, uh, what, what, what trait in self-love have you learned? I have always had a very strong, strong intuition about other people. That capacity to feel other people's emotions for me is something that I actually feel those emotions physically and deeply. And there have been many things I've done in life that haven't allowed me to actually use that, that trait and that, that ability. But it is something that I, that I do love about myself. And it's something that um, that is just so natural that I'm looking really forward to being able to allow that part of myself to, uh, to be available to others. Okay. So, um, Shelly, um, how have you picked yourself up when you fell down in life? Well, you know, there have been a few times in my life when I have sunk so low, I didn't want to get out of bed. I couldn't get out of bed. I was so devastated and in such terrible despair, I really didn't think I could. But somehow there was, at every level of that terrible despondency, this awareness, this deep inner awareness that I had family that loved me. I had friends that loved me. And when people love you, you also realize they need you because they love you. You are an intricate part of their world. And so somehow that made me want to go on to get up, pull myself together and keep going. And that, that feeling became uh, so much more once I had a child to worry about and think about. And, and uh, that love that I also felt for her drove me on to um, get back up and get going. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what, what about you? Well, we certainly have that love for our child in common. Um, 
I know that that she's been my driving force for many years. Um, and in fact, in, in my past, I was very ill and um, actually came through that uh, through an organ transplant. And um, to live through organ failure is very challenging. Um, but the gift on the other side is that gift of life, which is very, very special. And I can honestly say that um, that the, the card, that one card in that resilience deck for me has always been my daughter. And um, when I was in those moments, I, the one thing that drove me was that she had and needed and deserved to have a mother and that it wasn't fair that for me not to make it. So I had to fight. Um, and that, that ability to fight and keep fighting and to be resilient and to be able to stay moving and stay in motion, no matter how hard it gets, is, um, you know, is something that um, is a real challenge for all of us. Um, and I'll just close by saying that I used to uh, work with an equestrian coach and we used to go to competitions, which would start very early in the morning. And she always used to say to me, just remember, when the alarm goes off, sit up. <laughs> and frankly, that to me is a really good way of, you know, of expressing that need to, to stay in motion at all costs. Yeah, so that's, that's my thought on that. That's such a, a very inspiring story. You almost, like, well, did bring tears to my eyes. So. <laughs> yeah. So, Shelly, if you were to write a letter to your 25-year-old self, looking back on life, what would you say to her? I look back and see that young woman sitting alone, um, struggling in her life, um, not believing in herself, not, not believing that I was lovable. Um, everything from my self-image uh, to self-esteem, self-confidence, and, and what I believed, I, I knew nothing. So to write myself, I would say, dear Shelley, you are not unlovable. You just believe you are unlovable. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is find a way to reconnect to yourself. Remember the things that you love to do and mm -hmm. make small steps to connect to people who love the things that you love and mm -hmm. find a community, build your tribe, build, build that group of people who can mm -hmm. share in your life and mm -hmm. don't waste your life believing this untrue story because mm -hmm. there is life ahead. Don't waste this beautiful life. Be you yeah, and enjoy every minute that you have. Mm -hmm. We only get this way once. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. My yeah. daughter says, my daughter, we're going somewhere and she'll say YOLO, right? Which means you only live once. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. We're driving along. She'll go YOLO. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> um, so now, if you had to write a letter to your 25-year-old self, what would it be? You know, 25-year-old me had it together. 25-year-old me had a lot of things figured out that, um, that a lot of folks my age might not have figured out. Um, and I think it came from those years coaching, going to competitions with 23 ponies and 23 kids and 23 nervous mothers, you know, and, and I had this nonstop strength, a deep conviction for what I believed in, um, a very strong drive and a real passion for for the things I loved and the life that I was that I was leading and living, um, and there were complexities in that life that might not necessarily have been there for others who are my age. So what I would say is that actually I need to learn from her today more than than she needs to learn from me. Um, there is also a set though of wisdom that comes with time and with life experience. And so I would definitely give that back to her in the sense that, you know, there was a lot of looking forward and well, when I get there, well, huh, it's the journey, right? It's not the goal. And there was a whole lot of when I get there uh, in, in that life at that time. So that would be the one thing I would pass to that 25 year old me is, you know what, it's the journey. So enjoy it every day. And I'm with you, Shelley, that every day is beautiful and it's a gift. And so, you know, we can't really afford to waste it because, um, you know, YOLO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Shelley, um, you know, you and I were talking about COVID-19 and, you know, some of the challenges that we've all lived in the last year. Um, so what can you offer people who are struggling with covid and the complications in their life that, you know, have come from this challenging year and a bit. Well, I think it's, this is a really critical time. And um, it's important to recognize that in the beginning, everybody was gung-ho to do it right. Everybody mm -hmm. did it right. We all locked down, we isolated, we put on the masks, we we really put our best foot forward. We learned to work at home. We taught our children to work at home. Mm -hmm. We learned to have our spouses at home with us. And we Zoomed. We learned how to Zoom. Nobody knew how to Zoom hardly at all then. Everybody can Zoom now. We can all Zoom and Google Meet and hang out in so many different ways of connecting. But after 13 months, people are really starting to struggle. And so, you know, over the past year, we've seen an increase in people struggling with anxiety, with stress, with loneliness, with depression. Um, and it becomes harder. Everything is harder. It's, it's more cumbersome to get your groceries even to, um, and, and, you know, if you've got a relative who's in a senior's facility, that's really terrifying because you know how vulnerable they are. So we start to kind of um, become, I would say, less able to function 
because of all the complications, because 13 months later, some of us don't have jobs. Some of us mm. are in financial crisis. Some of us have lost people that we love. So mm. what can we offer? Um, I, I think this is a time of extreme self-care. And, you know, I'm, I was a person who used to poo-poo that stuff. Oh, yeah, whatever. All that airy-fairy self-care stuff. Guess what? It is absolutely <laughs> critical to be mm -hmm. able to take care of ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, mm -hmm. and to gather strategies for coping, um, provide um, people with new ways to, um, to, to navigate this new uh, experience, because the world appears to have changed um, in a way that might last forever. Some of it might not ever quite go back to the way it was. So we need to help people rediscover their passions and, and um, rediscover the kinds of things that they may have lost track of in this mm -hmm. crazy past year. Um, so, so anyway, so self-development, um, awakening of who you really are, ways to move forward, uh, yeah. even things like creating uh, a workspace that's separate from yourself and learning how to separate your identity of work from self when you're in the home all the time. Um, mm -hmm. stopping the overthinking that goes on when we are in mm -hmm. isolation and the perfectionism and all of the things that come with it um, yeah. to find serenity and, and calm in a time mm -hmm. when the world is not very calm mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what, what do you have to say about that, Liz? Certainly has been a challenging time, and I and I totally agree that um, you know at the beginning we thought, oh wow, we have time for things we haven't had time for in a long time. Um, I think though that because uh, we're not twelve anymore, we don't you know we we how we actually were able to see a time when we weren't on our phones twenty four seven, and when you know we would sit around by candlelight when the power was out, and you know play cards or uh, play chess or whatever the family liked to play, and I think um, that that brought back a whole new set of learning for the young people in our world right now, who you know who really. Um, began to see that um, there was time to do other things besides sit on the phone and do Snapchat and all of these kinds of things. I think in terms of you know helping people, we've seen um, exacerbation of all of social issues in our communities, right? Um, families that were had food insecurity, it's worse. People that were having issues with employment, it's worse. Um, but then there's another side to this, which is those people who are more or less relatively untouched. And I think there's really this two groups of people. I know, for example, on my street, 50 or 60 percent of the people on the street work for the Public Service of Canada. So, you know, they're all working at home. Um, so their job has just morphed and changed, but they're still working. So, you know, that inequality is really a challenge, I think, for everyone. 
And I think one of the best things that we can do just as people and as life coaches is to listen and to give space to, you know, to those individuals to work through some of these, you know, big life challenges. Um, I so feel for families with young children where you had two people working and two young children at home and, you know, they, you had to truly do two things at once, right? You had to look after the small child and do your, your conference calls or whatever, right? And, you know, that took so much strength, particularly on the part of the mothers, um, you know, in those contexts, because yay, mommy's home, but really mommy's not available because she has to do these things. So I think that, um, you know, offering people that space um, is, is useful. And I think the final thing is, uh, in terms of you know some of the stress and anxiety in homes and in families, um, you know that's been really increased, and I think that that's something that uh, we all need to be aware of. And you never know what cross people have to bear, um, you know, until you get to know them. So you know that ability to minimize judgment uh, around us is critical to me uh, in terms of us getting past this, uh, you know, this COVID-19 issue and getting our, our shots and, you know, moving on with life, whatever that life becomes. And I agree with you, Shelley, that, you know, it's going to be different. There's no question it's not going to be what it once was. That's right. I mean, look at what we're doing on Zoom, right? And, you know, if you think about it, this would not have been, this would not have happened 18 months ago. So how awesome is that? that, you know, that we're able to meet and work with each other thousands of miles apart. I mean, that's an amazing yes. result of, of this. So it's very exciting. Yes, there are some really amazing positives that have come out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm so mm -hmm. grateful. I am so grateful. Yeah. Too. Me too. So folks, um, thank you for being with us today. And we want to let you know that there's lots of great ideas coming uh, in the, you know, in the coming weeks. And uh, some some thoughts we've had in terms of what the next uh, the next series piece will be, things like uh, self love. We just touched on that today. Um, resilience and being resilient in this world of COVID nineteen, loneliness and the impact of isolation that Shelley mentioned, um, anxiety, social anxiety, um, both before, during, and after COVID. Uh, and the need for strong self-belief and strong mindset strategies. So those are some of our ideas, but please do feel free to send us your ideas. We'd love to hear more about things you'd like to hear about uh, in, in our time together. Um, so um, without further ado, we'll tell you how you can find us and, uh, and then we'll look forward to seeing you at our next, our next uh, chapter in this series. You can find me at elizabethhoxter at gmail.com. And that's Elizabeth with a Z and then it's H-O-C-H-S-T-E-R at gmail.com. And on my Facebook page at Elizabeth Hoxter, Coach for Life Transitions and Resilience. Shelley, where can they find you? Okay, I can uh, be reached at uh, McEnroyShelley at gmail.com. That's uh, all small letters, M-C-I-N-R-O-Y. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y at gmail.com. And um, for short, you can also reach me at Shelly um, for perfect positivity at gmail.com. And that's the number four. So 
Shelly for right. positivity at gmail.com. And um, we thank you so much, everyone, for being with us. And thank you, Liz, for um, guiding through guiding me through this very first exciting experience of being on a um, being on a YouTube and podcast designed experience for me. <laughs> okay. uh, you know what? We're going to have a lot of fun. So, folks. Feel free to turn to tune in uh, as we uh, as we go live and as we go live with all of the pieces of this series. Okay. So take care, all. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.